What's up, world? I go by the name of Jabari. Back with another edition of Words with Friends. We've been gone. We've been gone for way, way too long. Sorry about that. I've been out the country for a little while. Um, and then just busy, man, working on a lot of stuff. Um, got a project with Bevel out right now that you guys can go check out at bevelcode.com and a thousand other things, but I'll tell you about that later. Today, I have a really, really special guest, guy that I've been following for quite some time and had the pleasure to meet when I was in D.C. a few few months ago. Um, I'll let him introduce himself. He is a sneaker customizer artist in general, just a really dope dude, really creative dude. Jake, introduce yourself to the people. Hey, what's up? I'm uh, Jake Ferrado. Uh, on the internet, knows me as JBF Customs. Uh, most people know me for putting Python on Jordans, and amongst <laughs> other things. I love how you say the internet knows me as, man. There's like, there's, there's, there's what the internet knows you as, and then there's like what you really are. What do, do you think? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's real life me, and then there's the internet version. And there's, What's the difference between real life you and the internet version? Uh, not much, really. Um, I work all day, and then, you know, you see the work on the internet. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, the internet's just like the clean version. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's the version the final, that has been edited. the final products there. You just it's, don't get to see any of the work. Exactly, exactly, man. Um, so, Jake, man, we'll talk. I'm going to start off with, you know, I, I am a part sneakerhead. I'm not like one of those full-blown sneaker guys. I think we talked about this when when we met, but uh yeah. you know like I I I'm there's you know people call it hype beast, right? So there's like somebody who is a hype beast who's like really into uh sneakers, waiting in line for sneakers, knowing everything about when they drop, has like a sneaker collection of, you know, how many pairs. And it's just like crazy into this stuff. Were you that kind of guy and is that how you got into what you did or do you just like casually sort of like footwear no I, I was more casual like I always like shoes and I somewhat know what's going on with them you know compared to those kids that you just are talking about I don't know anything but yeah. you know I always knew like what was going on for the most part but uh you know I'll never wait in line for a pair of shoes I don't pay resellers prices yeah you know I only have like 20 pairs maybe and no it's mostly like gifts or things that i've made for myself so it's uh i'm not much of a consumer yeah yeah that's it's interesting man to uh to and and nothing against you know sneaker heads or you know i i was talking to um no i love sneaker heads man they're the fucking best yeah of course i mean they they they, they keep your lights on right so it's like you know there's nothing against that any type of connoisseur or, or collector of anything you know i i I have a lot of respect for them because they they know a lot about a certain thing or topic. Um, but it's just interesting for for you know I, I bet a lot of people that that look at your stuff and look at what you do probably think that you are some sort of like sneakerhead master. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. But you got to think about like if you spend twelve hours a day or whatever making shoes, like when you're done, you don't necessarily want to go. And look at shoes on the blogs anymore. You know, yeah, you want yeah. to do something that's like has nothing to do with shoes. Yeah. So it's I think that's kind of the reason why a lot of the people who create within the industry aren't necessarily the biggest uh, collectors. Mm, got it. Got it. You know, walk walk me through, man, how you even got started in all of this because I, I still want, I want people to, to to get a gist of you know exactly what it is that you do. So you know, let's let's start from the beginning, man, and, and how you started. 
customizing sneakers? All right. Um, well, it all started back in high school um, when I was like 16, so junior year, I think that is. Um, and I started painting shoes. And I don't know if you were paying attention back at this time. It was like 2008. Uh, it was like Methamphibian, uh, SBTG, uh, Mosh, yep. you know, those kinds of guys. They were all doing like these amazing, amazing paintings on their SBs and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I wore a size 14. So none of those SBs that were like cool at the time ever dropped in my size. Yeah. So the customizing came about really just like out of necessity. Like I just wanted some cool shoes, uh, you know, that nobody else had. So I made them. Mm. And I'm not very good at painting. If you go back and look at those first pairs, they're pretty awful. Um, and, you know, it just kind of grew for, you know, I just wanted to get better and better. And I just taught myself how to do the, the fabric stuff. And, okay, so when you're, when you're painting these shoes, were you just, were, were you putting these online or were you showing these, were you showing people yeah, yeah, with your I'll, creations? I would post them, you know, they'd always be for me, but mm -hmm. I would post them anyway, because at the time, the custom community was kind of like, people were actually helpful. So you yeah. would post something and you could get like tips and whatnot back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it was cool. So I would do it that way. And I got enough positive feedback to like stick with it. Yep. Um, and then, you know, started to just push the envelope. I had uh, my first foray into painting shoes, man. I mean, I remember looking on on forums on Nike Talk and uh, finding out what kind of paint to use. And I, uh, what was the paint called? Angelus. Angelus, exactly. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They're finally they're finally selling uh straight to the customer. They finally got AngelusDirect.com up. And they're oh. actually you don't have to get you remember Turtle Feathers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Angelus actually sells direct now. It's so much easier. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, man. I mean I think the 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 first thing I did, I painted a pair of uh New Balance five seven fours or something and and uh yeah. I like made the the end gray or something like that and it was oh, all yeah. busted but you know I was like nobody <laughs> has these. Um, yeah, exactly. So okay, so so then you know you're in high school, you're making these shoes and you're painting them and then you said you you learned how to get into the fabric stuff. So explain explain to me what ex exactly is that? The fabric stuff. Like, you know, the fabric stuff. Yeah. Well, that's not, that's not a detailed enough for you. <laughs> so it's, what it started as was I saw guys like who was at the time like Emmanuel Labor, there was Jester who I think goes by Red Ribbon Recon now. And uh, those are really the two that, like, I paid attention to. And it started with just, like, taking denim and shit. You know how denim was, like, super popular for a minute back then on yeah, shoes? Yeah, yeah, on shoes, for sure, for uh, sure. What was it? The Medicom Dunks, I think. Yep. I'm going to try and make the sneakerheads think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so, like, the Medicom Dunks or whatever, super popular. People putting denim on all their shoes. What they were doing is they would just, like, cut templates and then stitch them while it was flat and then glue these stitch pieces to the, to the shoe. So I did that for like a little bit, but uh, so this was this was also like the Gucci on sneakers exactly, era, exactly. That yeah, same the Louis Vuitton print on sneakers. Like, yeah, like cut up an old Louis Vuitton bag or some shit and stitch, yeah. uh, you know, stitch it on the swooshes. I think we have like Nelly and uh, Cameron and people like that to blame for that era. Yeah, you know that bad with like the matching jackets too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were doing that, and you know, but you were you would stitch the pieces and then glue them to the shoe. Mm. Um, and obviously like you can only do so good. Like it's just a stupid way to do things. So, uh, why is that because it would just fall off? Yeah, exactly. Like okay. it's not truly wearable. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a temporary kind of job. It's going to start peeling at the edges and just look sloppy. So, uh, I think 
I don't even want to say anybody's name because I don't know who did it first, but somebody like finally started to take apart shoes and like rebuild them. Mm. And, uh, you know, after I saw that, it was, you know, that's been the craft I've been perfecting ever since. Yeah. This is probably 2009. Okay. Okay. So now, okay, you're, you're, you're taking apart shoes. And when you say taking them apart, I mean, I, I had the, the, pleasure of seeing this in your studio but explain to people what do you exactly mean by you know so you get a pair of shoes and how do you deconstruct it and then put it back together uh, so first uh, I take the soles off and then you take every you know anywhere there's a stitch like you break every single stitch and take you know every piece of the shoe apart mm. um, you know you use those old pieces as your templates and then cut your new pieces with those templates stitch it all back together and reattach the soles so pretty much you're making a brand new shoe. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, you just but it, I guess the only difference is whereas like Nike they're creating these templates essentially for the body of the shoe in the computer and mm-hmm. and it well from a sketch to a computer then, you know, to a, the actual physical product, but you already have the template because they've created it and you know, you're just recreating it. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like uh it's just like a remix. It's like everything is a remix, right? Yeah, everything it's is. like taking your car in to get the you know to get the seats done in you know alligator or something, as opposed to whatever cloth you have on them now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so at this time when you started it, it's still for you. Just like, uh, is it is it a business model that you're trying to create, or is it or is it like just I'm still doing this for me? Um, well, I mean, I just got lucky and it turned into a business model. It's always been just like me making things I like and putting them out, you know, putting them out there. Mm. Um, obviously the snakeskin thing has gotten like a little out of control. Like I did, you know, obviously I think it looks cool, but yeah. does it look cool like 150 times? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's like, when you think about it, it took me a year to do 150 pairs. Like you think about how many people there are in the world, like that's nothing. So, you know, I could probably do snakeskin Jordans forever and never satisfy demand. Mm. I'm not going to, but yeah. I probably... <laughs> how, I mean, how, you know, I just saw Nike, Nike actually just put out like a Python release of something. Um, oh, yeah. And it reminded me of you. Uh, and I mean, they, they do that from time to time. But like, is it, how long has this snake, because that's, that's your most popular sort of thing, right? The snakeskin. Oh, yeah. Just exotic leather in general. Okay. And how, how long has this been, I guess, a fad or how long has a demand lasted for this? Um, well, me and, uh, I did the first pair for John Geiger. It was those all black, uh, Python Jordan fours. And we put those out on January 1st of shit, 2013. Mm. So since then. Okay. And do you think, you, you, do you think it's going anywhere? Do you think like, like, do you think if Nike starts to make these sort of designs and, you know, they're putting out stuff, uh, does the does the demand for people wanting you know a JBF custom go down? How does that work? I don't think so because Nike can never do what I do. Like you can, you know, the best Nike can do is a really good fake Python, but they will never give you the real deal again just because they have deals with PETA and you know they just uh, have all this other shit to worry about. And at the end of the day, I don't know if they can really sell that many Python Jordans. You know, Nike's mm. a huge corporation. They're trying to sell hundreds of thousands, yeah. whereas I sell five yeah. of a time. So it's, I don't know how like scalable it is, if it's even like practical for them to do it. Mm. But no, I don't think, you know, you see the Python on ID and that doesn't affect me at all. Yeah. It's for a different market. Now, is 
what would you describe your market as? Is it, you know, people that want limited stuff? It's people that are, you know, yeah, just just describe your, your average customer. It's just people who, like, really appreciate details and, like, quality shoes. You know, it's the person that would have, rather have one really nice pair than 10 pairs of, you know, fake leather, whatever the fuck Jordan uses these days. Mm. You know, just, like, off-the-shelf trash. Yeah, yeah. Not to knock them or anything, but... Yeah. <laughs> have you have you ever have you ever had any, you know, uh pushback or or any type of um, you know, rifts with some of these companies? I mean, I know Nike is the you're you're mainly customizing Jordans and Nike's, but any any other companies have they been like, "Hey, stop doing this?" No, not at all. I've uh I've only heard supportive things from those companies in general. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like customizing a car. So there's really, they can't really tell me to stop because yeah. I buy the shoes or, you know, someone else buys the shoes. I don't, you know, technically I don't sell shoes. I just sell work. I sell a service. Mm, got you it. know, you, you got to buy your Jordans and send them to me. Yeah. So yeah. It's, you know, Jordan at the end of the day, they should be happy because people are buying two pairs instead of one because they want one to keep normal and one to send to me to have customized. Yeah. Yeah. How, how. How many other people, like, tell me how big this market is. You know, how many other people are there that are doing what you do? Um, well, I mean, nobody does what I do. Well, of it, course, like, of course. People try to do it. There's probably at least, like, I'd say there's, like, two or three guys that, like, try to do it and, like, try to do it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, and then there's two different guys that try to do it but do it, like, Pretty much, they actually do do it like just as well as me. So for sure, won't say their names. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, I mean, maybe ten of us in like the world that I know of. Mm. And and how how does this community, I guess, get bigger? Do you want it to get bigger? Do you do you feel like those guys are competition, or is there a sense of community within you guys? Um. It's kind of like neither right now because, like, it used to be community for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I think people kind of got, like, afraid, like, it was going to be competition. But ultimately, I think we all kind of build the market. Like, you know, the more customizers there are, the more people they're going to hear about it. You know, a lot of people wouldn't even, like, they wouldn't consider getting a custom shoe. Yeah. So the more people that start customizing, you know, the more widespread it gets, the more common it gets. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even really think about that that often. I don't like I said. It's always been for me, just because I like shoes and I like to craft things. Yeah, yeah. So it's I'm doing it regardless. Um, so I don't think I'll ever have a problem with other people doing it. Who Who are some of the people that have uh, that have that that people would know that have worn your stuff? Um, while they wore a pair out of Summer Jam a year or two ago. Uh, Wiz Khalifa just performed in a pair over the summer. Um, I know AJ Green has a pair. Yeezys, he's worn a few times. Uh, oh, Wilson Chandler's got a couple of pairs. He's a good guy. Uh, that's like enough famous people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I mean, so how? I I guess how, what's what's your what's your goals now? Like, what do you? How do you? You know, either a get more clientele, or is it like for instance, this um. In terms of your type of work, right? It, because it's you and it's and it's handcrafting, and you're doing this by yourself. How do you scale it? You know, like how do you need to now get an assistant 
you know, do you need to get like other people that can do it? Do you need to teach somebody? How does that work? Um, I could do all that, but I don't think I really want to. Mm. I would rather just like keep making everything myself and just really, you know, push it as art because it is, you know, Absolutely. there's hand handcrafted shoes are such a rarity anymore. And I would, instead of dilute that, I would rather keep doing everything myself and just raise the prices. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, you, you know, can... you know, just like art, like this is, you know, for something for the few and far between to have and really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you see, you know, it's like on, on, it's so interesting, man, because, uh, you know, on the one hand, we were sort of describing it as um, like a... A mechanic, right? Or not a mechanic, but like a, a detailer, right? And so, mm -hmm. and again, that's like a form of art. This is a form of art. Uh, but how do you balance the sort of like the artistic nature of what you're doing with the, uh, you know, need to sell the art? You know, how, how, do, you, how do you balance the, the two, the artist and the entrepreneur uh, titles that you have? Um, well, I guess to me, like the ultimate art is selling things. You know, like, what's more artistic than making something, like, straight out of your imagination, creating it, and then getting a bunch of other people to want it? Um, like, yeah. I, like, I have a lot of fun just, like, with that. So, to me, like, the entrepreneurship is also, like, an art form. Okay. So, that, that helps me balance it. And also, just, uh, you know, I, I personally don't care about things being limited. It's just if I like it or not. So I don't have a problem making a shoe like five times. After that, I get bored. You know, like five is kind of like my limit. Yeah, yeah. But, um, like limitedness has never been a super important thing for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, man, what you said is uh, something that resonates with me as well. I think that because, you know, same way, man, I'm an artist as well as an entrepreneur. And I think that I think that I find... I find a lot of fun in the art of entrepreneurship, you know, when you can figure out ways to make money from the things that you right. love to do. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Like after you cash, like there's not really a whole lot of better feelings than like cashing a check for something that, that you're a hundred percent responsible for top to bottom. Like yep. this is your creation. And if you can sell that, like that's an incredible feeling. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Man. Absolutely. And it's like, it also puts you on your toes because you always have to be, coming up with that next thing and you know you it's 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 completely different than having somebody tell you what to do and following orders uh not saying that there's anything wrong with that of course but like you know it's just a it's just a different thing when you when you earn money in a way where people are where you're following a rule you know what i mean like you're and and you're you're doing something that is told to you rather than you know coming up with the idea first it's 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 quite frankly a bit more scary um, oh, yeah. but maybe a little a little more rewarding to me i guess but definitely uh you know it's 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 some things are for some people and other things are for others um so you know explain to me a little bit about the marketing process and uh you know how how you get your art out there you know from social networking from sites like how, how does that exactly work even from like Heather, and the pictures you take, you know? Yeah, so I mean, currently the way that all happens is I do the work, make the shoes, um, call Heather, she takes pictures, edits them all pretty, sends them back to me, and I post them on the internet. And that's like the extent of the marketing scheme. Like, 
I've always just kind of done the work, posted it, and then hope that the blogs like it and that Mm -hmm. they post it and hope that people like you start paying attention and, you know, it all just kind of grows organically. I don't like to push anything too hard. I like to let people find it on their own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like there's got to be some type of special sauce, man. And, I mean, you've, you've, I just pulled up your Instagram and, you know, you have 121,000 followers on here, man. So, you know, there's got to be some sort of strategy in, in, in building an audience that big. Yeah, I mean, I just got lucky, I guess. It's just kind of like, yeah, I really don't know. I don't even know what to tell you there. Like, I really <laughs> just got lucky. It's really just, I've just been doing it for so long um, that, you know, the bloggers with the millions of followers, I'm kind of cool with them. Mm-hmm. So I just send them work, and when they like it, they'll post it, and I get more followers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, so it's, it's it's not as hard as... But I mean, I think all of this lies in, though, man, it doesn't lie in schemes and marketing strategies and all of this. Like, the first thing is the quality, man. You know, like, one thing you can tell when you go here, you can just... I mean, you don't even have to look deep. You just see, oh, wow, like, this is, this is high-quality art. You know what I mean? This is stuff that... I can see you've taken a lot of time. I can see that there's a lot of care in the garments. Like, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's, I think that is the reason why you've been able to build this thing. Yeah, that and I think just like being honest. Mm. There's a lot of, a lot of people will tell you, customizers and whatnot, that, you know, send them the shoes, send them the money. Everyone requires payment up front these days. But then they'll be like, yeah, I'll have them back to you in two weeks. And then, you know, a month and a half later, like, you still don't have your shoes back and blah, blah, blah. And I've always just been very upfront with people about the wait time and, you know, everything. Like, you get exactly what you pay for. it. Yeah. And it's not really, you know, I always hit my deadlines. If I tell you it'll be done by a certain time, it will be done by that time. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, I think just, like, being, you know, just being honest like that. And following through on what you what you say you're going to do goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, the I think the cool thing about like for instance, different industries nowadays, man. We're seeing with the internet and with you know social media and all this stuff, we're just seeing disruption in a whole bunch of markets. I mean, you know, my industry, the film industry, is completely being disrupted right now with the internet, from YouTube to you know, uh, I mean, there's like so many ways you can directly sell your films to your fans, all this stuff. How are some, how are, how has the internet disrupted the shoe market? I mean, I would say we're the ones disrupting it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, it's like a miniature Nike ID with all these customizers. Um, so that would be the disruption, I guess. And also just like uh, resellers. You know, we yeah. now have people going to, to Foot Locker, Finish Line, wherever, and buying the entire size run of the Jordans that come out on Saturday and going straight to eBay with them. Yeah. You know, this is, like a, this is like an occupation now. People literally do this for a living. They go, you know, they buy and resell shoes, and that's it. They're like, it's like their own currency. Yeah. And that's really been created by the Internet, and it's like Instagram and all that. And, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's crazy, man. I mean, th- just to... I mean, it, but it's it's the same as like an iPhone, you know, like people, people do that. I mean, well, they have sort of limits on, you know, how many you can buy and stuff like that. But if yeah. you can get your hands on a bunch of them, yeah, there's opportunity to, oh yeah, to, uh, to make, to make some money. Um, yeah. 
the internet's just been like what really cultivates and maintains this hype. You know, it's this whole different excitement. And it's just because people see other people with them on Instagram, and it's that like keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing. Like, oh, you know, my favorite influencer has, you know, got seated these, so I'm definitely going to need two pairs when they come out and all that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about the whole seating and influencers and that type of marketing? I, I mean, I, I, I have my own, you know, thoughts on it, but I'd like to hear yours. I mean, I'm trying to get on all those lists for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seating lists, you should definitely add me to it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I don't really see anything. So, um, I, th- I mean, I think it makes sense, though, just because it's, I mean, why not send a product to an individual with 100,000 followers that, you know, really like them personally? You know, those influencers' followers, they look at them as like a friend. So it's like a friend's recommendation mm-hmm. as opposed to like, you know, a TV advertisement. It's something that people are choosing to look at instead of being like forced to watch before the YouTube video. Yep. Yeah, I think I think what you said though uh, is very important. It's like that person has to actually like it. You know what I mean? I think you have so many people that are trying to do influencer marketing, but they're doing it in ways where. You oh yeah, know, you got to be you got to be organic with it. Yeah, because like, people can tell like it's so blatantly obvious when it's you know someone just paid you to post that. Yeah, you yeah. know you see that uh, you see that water bottle company doing it. You you know it's like all the fitness shit. That's where you really see it. Yeah. It's just like blatant advertising. It's not it's not like you genuinely enjoy this product. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, man. The 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 new age of marketing, man, is like it's being shaped by a lot of this influencer stuff and like, you know, personal endorsements and stuff like that. Oh, but but I, I think, think it, it hasn't it hasn't worked itself out yet. Now nah, we'll see it slow down soon once these companies realize that like ninety percent of influencers have no influence. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, they just like paid for the followers, or it's just you know they're it's just stupid shit. Yeah. There are, I don't like. There are some influencers though who are like legitimately very influential. Yeah, and really do follow them, and they do move units. And you know, and sometimes that that doesn't even equate to like number of followers all the time. You know. Oh no, not at all. Not yeah. at all. You'll see people with like ten thousand that still like they really engage people. Yep. Yep. Um. What do you think about some of these sneaker companies, man? I mean, I was there's there's a lot of there's a lot of just new people popping up, man. Like I was just there's greats, um, you know. You and I were talking about filling pieces, uh, you know, a while back. I mean, there's just so many new sneaker companies that are like kind of you know bringing different stuff to the game. What who are some who are some people that you like? Um, the two you just said, really greats, filling pieces. Um lucky enough to be cool with both of them mm-hmm. um i think they do really good work buscemi is actually one of the guys behind greats right yeah yeah buscemi yeah it's buscemi and ryan uh, i'm afraid to say his last name but benzian i know i pronounced that wrong okay but okay. it's them together it's so interesting man i was talking to my buddy about greats and i was just like it's crazy that buscemi has one company where he's selling shoes for like 400 500 maybe even more than that right buscemi sneakers are those are like 900 900 right (laughs) and then another company where he you know he's selling sneakers for 50 bucks and my friend was like man you know uh that's just it's like one is for the masses and then one is for a very limited you know uh high-end audience and he's covering both grounds yep 
Yep, he's in a good place right now, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, man. Dope, dope. What so what are what are your goals, man? I know I know you said you went and you actually learned how to make sneakers. Tell me about that process. Yeah, so I went to Oregon for like a one week course. This is back in September. Only like teaching I've ever like had the pleasure of receiving um regarding shoes. Um, so this is in September. Yeah, I learned how to make shoes from scratch. Like, there's not a whole lot more to say beyond that. Yeah. Um, so I'll be doing my own designs, like, from the ground up soon. It's, like, not customs. Like, you won't have to send in a base shoe. It'll be, like, a from scratch, like, handmade sneaker. Yeah, that's going to be – I'm very excited to see that, man. And I've seen – I got to see a little bit of the designs, guys, and it's dope. Very dope. Very – uh what's the what's the word clean just you know it's not a lot of bells and whistles no 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 it's all about clean like very wearable just like an elegant sneaker yeah yeah nice man where do you where do you want that to go like what you know what do you would you like would you like to have a brand that's carried in stores or you know is it something that you just want to uh sell you know on your own um i don't know i'm not like really I don't think about that kind of direction kind mm-hmm. of stuff at all, really. I just put out work and see where it goes. Yeah. You know, if someone wants to just give me a bunch of money as an investment so we can, like, mass produce a line and I can have, like, kind of a low-end thing like Buscemi has with greats and still do a high-end thing on the side, maybe we'll do that. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, it just depends. I just keep putting out work, keep posting it, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think... I think you uh you ha- you've had a good attitude thus far about it man and things are working out so I'm very excited to see what 2015 has up coming for you man. Where can uh where can people find your work and follow you on social media Jake? Uh it's at JBF Customs on all social media and jbfcustoms.com is the website. Dope, dope. All right guys, that was JBF Customs, my man Jake. Check him out, please. You won't be disappointed if you're a sneakerhead. Even if you're not a sneakerhead and you just want like some ill stuff, please go check his stuff out. And you guys know, words with friends, like I said, we've been gone for a minute, but we're back. Uh, I have a lot more stuff coming up for you guys. So you guys know you can go to patreon.com slash Jabari and leave as little as a $1 tip if you want to keep hearing the podcast, if you want to keep it going. And yeah, man, thanks so much for doing this, Jake. Anything else you want to let the people know? Nice. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Of course. All right. See you guys later. Peace.